Hey, Kev, let's let's follow this trail over here. This looks like there might be something waiting down there. All right. Hey, wait a minute. Do you hear that? Yeah, I thought it was just me. What the heck is that? I don't know what that is. Whoa, do you smell that, too? That's unbelievable. Hey, look. What the? Hey, look, those, those branches are moving over there. What the heck is that? Holy cow, is that what I think it is? Look at that thing. It, oh my god. It's a freaking Sasquatch. Welcome to the Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters podcast. My name is W.J. Sheehan, author of the series of books, Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters, all of which are available at Amazon in paperback and ebook format. And if you're an audio buff, you can get volumes one through eight at Audible, iTunes, and Amazon as well. Thank you for joining us today, and may I introduce you to my brother and co-host, KJ Sheehan. Kev, how are you? I'm doing great. How about you, Bill? Marvelous, marvelous. The weather's been fantastic, and uh, I'm just digging on this Indian summer while it lasts. Oh, yeah. We got, it's chilly and sunny here, but it's beautiful. We're, We're welcoming in the fall here in North Carolina. Yeah, and it's nice to welcome in the fall in the latter part of October. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm not eager to have to winterize my motorboat in a couple of weeks, but, you know, uh, it comes with the season. Yeah, yeah. Nah, you know, it is what it is. I don't Move mind, on, yeah. I don't mind resting up for the winter a bit. You know, if you think about it, 150 years ago, the society was, what, predominantly uh, agrarian before the Industrial Revolution, and it was a time yep, for the doing far- some farming. Yeah, the farmers kind of had a, a break from sun up to sun down, sundown, uh, when this time of year came in. You know. Yep, no doubt about it. So uh, it, it's an interesting time of year, you know. But uh, yeah. look forward to a little winter's rest, whatever that might be. I don't think I ever really rest. <laughs> <laughs> It's just a different season, you know. For me, I'll get back to a little bit of indoor, maybe build a couple of more models this winter, uh-huh. you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's a good a time. A little change of, of pace. Yep, it's a good time of year. So what yeah, do we have awesome. today, bro, for our cryptids in the news and other oddities segment? Oh, uh, yeah, we're going to the cryptid genre and on to some creepiness. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know if you've ever heard of this one, Bill. This one is very creepy and also a little obscure. Okay. It's called the Pope Lick Monster. Pope Lick Monster? (laughs) You heard it correctly. (laughs) I might have seen him in Walmart. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that's that's the guy that goes around licking the packages. That's the guy. (laughs) But this guy is from Pope Lick, Kentucky. Okay. Which is uh, just east of Louisville, Kentucky. Not to be confused with Louisville, Kentucky. It's Louisville. Careful with your pronunciation. Um, I know. I'm pointing it out. I've been to Louisville many times. I know how to pronounce it. Say it right Louisville. (laughs) <laughs> Here comes the mail now. Bing, 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 bing. But this is a goat man-like creature, Bill. <laughs> and I know you enjoy the goat man. You know, the point of it is this. Just picture yourself out anywhere, day or night, alone with somebody else, and seeing one of these things with your own two eyes. I mean, I was at a Halloween walkthrough 20 years ago. You know, one of those things where they spook you out and you walk people, jump out at you and all that. And while you were waiting online, there was a guy dressed up as a goat man. 
fantastic costume, cloven hoof boots on, a whole nine yards. I mean, it was Hollywood quality. And I'm telling you, man. And of course, Bill, are you certain he was dressed up? Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> what if they just hired the guy because he was the real deal and paid him well? But I'm, I'm telling Maybe you. with a couple of human lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, you could you could take laundry. He's over here. <laughs> uh, by the way, I nicknamed that guy Dirty Laundry. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so uh, <laughs> so this thing, this thing, Bill, is a uh, half, you know, rumored to be a human goat hybrid, and also its human like torso is deformed. So it's a goat from the waist down with the cloven hoofs, like you mentioned. Yep. Of course, the goat horns coming out of its head, and uh, kind of a deformed upper torso as well, mm-hmm. and. It's pretty interesting. So you may recall when I did the story on the goat man of Texas that haunts the old Alton Bridge in Denton, Texas, right? You remember that one where people come up at midnight and they flash the headlights on their car three times, stuff like that. And this goat man appears. And, um, you know, he's rumored to be uh, centered around uh, uh, satanic rituals that took place in the wood there, woods there. So like a conjuring, a result of some conjuring of sorts. Um, That was a uh, car bridge, an automobile bridge. And this is actually this goat man, the Pope Lick monster, actually haunts a railroad trestle in Pope Lick, Kentucky. And what's interesting is you look at, and I'll put the picture of the uh, the bridge, the railroad trestle, up on our website. It looks like it's abandoned, but apparently it's uh, quite an active railroad trestle. So, you know, a few times a day, big freight trains will come across this trestle. And, um, um, you know, a handful of people have been killed where they say they were lured up onto this trestle by the goat man, and the goat man basically lured them up to get hit by the train or to have to jump off of the trestle because the train was coming and they, you know, died afterwards. Damn, what a hideous uh, turn of events that would be, right? Oh, man, you know, pretty ugly. Yeah. And and there's a couple of different uh, discussions of the origin of this creature, right, of this goat man. It's pretty interesting. So one of them uh, claims that um, it's uh, it's the ghost or, uh, you know, uh, I don't, what would you call it, Bill? It's not really a ghost because it's kind of a physical thing mm-hmm. um, uh, from a farmer or, who was who sacrificed goats in exchange for satanic powers back in the day. Wow. So here's this local farmer. He's killing goats and making deals with the devil. Um, So not hard to believe that he's back there haunting the trestle, right? You know, someday, Kev, uh, it just dawned on me, if we can remember to do so, we need to check out to, when we're talking about this farmer killing goats, we need to look into the origins of why goat horns and goat heads are associated with uh, uh, Satanism. You know, they're always seen. You know, when you see that, you're talking about the goat man and deals with the devil, and uh, uh, it's a prevalent thing to see uh, a set of goat horns and a skull uh, in association with that type of activity. Maybe we could get to the bottom of how and when uh, that became part of that whole deal. No, very cool. I uh, made a note here, so if any of you audiophiles out there were listening to me writing, uh, don't don't write in to tell me about listening to me <laughs> writing. I was I was just making down a write, writing a note to make our future podcast even better. So yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah. Yep. So the one rumor is it's uh, so I think that's cool, Bill. I I have no idea, but you are right. You know the typical image of Satan, his his uh, horns are kind of goat like. Uh, indeed. Yeah, and a lot of and, and uh, a lot of these followers 
why you would follow that is beyond me. But a lot of followers have them, like, you know, mounted on their walls or imagery mm. of those associated with uh, that creep. So you're saying if I walk into somebody's house and they have a goat head with goat horns on the wall, I should head the other way, huh? Uh, yeah, maybe good idea not to uh, form a long-term <laughs> friendship with that individual. <laughs> not to not to stay and play a little Ouija board yeah, or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, you know, these, these are some of the warning signs. You know? <laughs> Maybe the pentagram etched into the granite on the floor when you enter the house with the burnt down candle stubs around it. <laughs> Generally not good. You know, it's like if you're a, a vacuum cleaner salesman and you approach the front door of a house and they have a little sign that says, every third salesman gets shot, two were here already. might not be a good idea to uh (laughs) and the the third one is handed to the goat man at the halloween fair (laughs) Uh, so so the one story is this farmer right making a deal with the devil so this other story is is pretty darn interesting bill so it's it the story goes that there was this circus freak you know, back in the days of the circus freak shows, yeah. that was kind of a half man and half goat. And uh, he was on a train coming along in this trestle and that the train crashed there. And then he's been seeking his uh, vengeance against, uh, you know, the human society as this half goat, half man monster of sorts. <laughs> What, I mean, you gotta what, love some of these stories, right? Yeah. What is with the train and the circus train and uh, <laughs> the, the gorillas having escaped all over the country and become Bigfoots and the, the goat man freak crashes in the train and now he's running around the countryside? What about the conductor or the engineer? Why aren't they running around? <laughs> they get paid. They were paid more than the goat goat man, yeah. so you know. <laughs> They're a little less, uh, little less vengeful, yeah. apparently. Yeah, the weird things always escape and uh, rampage the countryside. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Go ahead. So, it's, <laughs> so, so uh, I mentioned the fact that several people have died, right? So uh, uh, looking for the public monster. And uh, one of them was on April 23rd, 2016. A 26-year-old tourist from Ohio died after being hit by a train while searching for the monster. And she was there with her boyfriend, and he is rumored to have survived by hanging on the side of the trestle. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's how And you- they say, like, the railroad... Um, the railroad officials from the Norfolk, Norfolk Southern Railway, um, they get upset about the whole legend, of course, because people come out and climb up on this trestle. And it is an active railway trestle. It's also pretty high, too, and it's pretty long. And they talk about the fact that Louisville is a, a freight train hub. So, you know, even if you thought you could hang off of this trestle, which is, you know, most people, right, don't have the strength to hang from the trestle that it would probably take like seven to 10 minutes for the train to go by. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got to be uh, some kind of uh, gymnast to be hanging from a railroad trestle for seven to 10 minutes. Well, I guess the sight of the train going above you would help you to hold on a little bit. Help you to hold on a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the alternative is clear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, maybe I'll just uh, muster up a little more and just hang in there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then in, uh, going back a little further, in 1988, a 17-year-old young man was hit and killed by the train, and another man was injured while trying to cross the trestle at the same time. So, um, you know, they were up there, and uh, they think it's clear, and then the train's coming, and you're in the middle of the trestle. Right. You know what, Kev, I, I, I realize you said that the, uh, some of these people felt like they were lured up there. Uh, yeah. But who knows what their involvement may have been with the occult 
that brought them to this place because I certainly would not be lured up there. Uh, Absolutely. You know, that in conjunction with our entire lives, we've been told, you know, don't walk on the railroad tracks, uh, you know, things of that ilk. So when you get to the point where you just ignore things, I mean, trouble is coming. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, Bill, I like you're saying, it's interesting. We didn't talk about this. You didn't know what I was going to talk about. And folks, you know, if you're new to the podcast, you know, Bill's up in Long Island, New York. I'm down in Raleigh, North Carolina. And, you know, we're we're doing this over Skype each week. Um, So he doesn't know what I'm going to talk about. I don't know what he's going to talk about. And, you know, when you talk about having that innate fear of walking on the train tracks, I wouldn't even walk on a regular train track today. Yeah. Even for like 10 yards, thinking I would get my foot stuck or something when there was a train coming, let alone walk across an elevated trestle. Right. uh, You know, that's several hundred feet long, knowing that, you know, it's pretty likely you could get caught out there because it is an active, uh, active train track. Yeah, and you can't it's crazy. Ex- you can't exactly sprint on a trestle. You'd have to watch what you were doing, even if you heard something coming. Especially when you know if you were in a panic. Yeah. Jeez. Like, yeah. No, you know. Not me, man. I'd be, at best you'd be walking slowly across that trestle. You know, looking down over the edge and watching the the uh, timbers and everything else you know you're not it's not a good situation yeah and then a couple more folks you know there's a record of them dying in 1994 a guy was riding his atv across the trestle and was killed by a train so even on an atv he couldn't get away from it um and in 2000 a 19 year old fell to his death after encountering a train wow so oh my goodness you yeah, know, very. It's a creepy thing. You know, it is a creepy thing. This, yeah. uh, this the whole goat man phenomena uh, just reeks of evil. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I don't know. I, I, it's beyond my understanding why uh, people get involved in these things. You know, just think about it, Kev. You're not going to walk up to this trestle and suddenly be lured. Something, uh, something is not right there with you or your lifestyle. There's something else connected with that. Yeah, you know. I mean, I get lured into a burger joint once in a while. Yeah, by the smell. <laughs> <laughs> the old man. Those burgers. Those burgers smell good, <laughs> and they taste even better. <laughs> it might be bad for my cholesterol and all, but I'm not going to get hit by a train. <laughs> that you know of. <laughs> I know, and I'm still hesitant to wander in. <laughs> so what do you think, Bill, as we wrap up this segment here of cryptids in the news and other oddities? You think it's the circus clown freak that uh, fell off of the train way back when that haunts the bridge? Or you think it might be the farmer that was sacrificing goats to get satanic powers or something else. What's, what's your guess? I think it's probably, uh, who the farmer had conjured up in his activities, who or what? Yes. Yes. You know, this is the residual, just like most, uh, evil, that people encounter. They have all reason, all kinds of reasons uh, regarding what they think these things are or who they are. All of these things are the result of ongoing evil activity, drawing in or pulling in entities from the dark side. And mm. in areas where this was ongoing... Uh, they have no reason to leave. They come by invitation only, and you've invited them. Exactly. And they come in a lot easier than they go, my friends. <laughs> so keep that in mind if you've got, uh, you know, the mindset that you're going to get involved in this stuff. Yeah, they come in. what you bring into the party. That's right. Be careful who <laughs> yeah. you invite. Boy, yeah, that is creepy, so. man. A Pope lick. Goat man. 
There you go. Pope Lick Bridge in Pope Lick, Kentucky. Wow. That's I won't be going out to see that trestle nor the bridge in Texas, just to be clear. It is creepy. You, you're sure that Pope Lick is not in Oregon? <laughs> it's not even in Oregon. <laughs> hey, you know. But good stuff, Bill. And speaking of creepiness, we're a week away from Halloween. Yeah, we got So, a- Bill, get your Halloween episode ready because I'm ready. Yeah, let's just say as a little teaser, I'm inviting a little boy to the party. Ooh. And uh, we'll leave it at that for now. Okay. Yep. Hopefully he doesn't have goat goat horns. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I'm inviting one of your favorite kids to the party. Okay. (laughs) Uh, By the way, I'd like to say happy birthday. You know, I never do this. And people send little trinkets in and things here and there. Kev, next time you're in town, uh, one of our listeners, uh, Greg, sent us a pair of Dogman beer cans. Nice. Some type of, uh, what do they call these brews that people make around the country now? There's a name for them. Oh, microbrew. Yeah, like a microbrewery uh, yeah. with a Dogman on the front of the can. Unfortunately, Greg uh, poked a couple of nail holes in the bottom and drained the beer out. Oh, I was going to say, hopefully they're full. Yeah, well, no, Greg apparently uh, drank them. He was trying to save on shipping, apparently. Yeah, sent us the empties. (laughs) And uh, another listener named Casey uh, just sent us a couple of bumper stickers, Kev. Guess what they say? Hmm. Goat man is out there. <laughs> Always carry more gun than you oh. think you're going to need. Oh, isn't that interesting? You got to love that. You got to love that. And a happy birthday to Jason. I'm not going to let on what is coming Jason's way, but his wife was in contact with me and a very happy birthday to Jason. Very cool. All right, Bill. So what do you have today for us? Well, this is, uh, you know, all, you know, I love all Bigfoot encounters. And, uh, you know, the, the amount of encounters that come in and what people are seeing out there, it's really hard to deny. I mean, anybody can deny, right? You could deny a thousand times. Uh in my case, that's what I'd have to do uh, to believe that there wasn't a Bigfoot creature roaming around North America and globally, because the amount of reports coming in is just ridiculous. And this uh, was told to me by a fellow named Nicholas Obratsov, a resident of the great state of Tennessee and a transplant from the old Soviet Union. He's a physicist and was quite the skeptic until the day of his own encounter. An encounter that you, my friends, will soon hear about. And this is what Nicholas had to share. And by the way, you're finally going to hear the account out of which I have spoken many times about the Russian dialect. This is what he said. My good friend, Hector Jimenez, just happens to be the landscaper at my home. Some might say, how is it that a physicist befriends a laborer? I will answer that question quite succinctly. Over time, in conversing with Hector at my home, I found that he had a great interest not only in all things plant-related around the house, but with everything found in the forest as well. He, having no formal education whatsoever, other than what he had self-taught himself in the course of being a landscaper, had given me more than a run for my money through the years, 
with his wealth of knowledge that he possessed in regards to all things botanical. Having had many invaluable conversations with him over time and knowing him to be fit as a fiddle, at some point the two of us became engaged in regular forest hikes together as a somewhat leisurely activity in a form of staying fit. And so the bond of landscaper and physicist was formed. Over a period of about 15 years, Hector and I have been through just about every square mile of the Great Smoky, uh, the Great Smoky National Park in the Natala National Forest. Hope I pronounced that okay. I would be willing to wager, if it could be proven, that the two of us have hiked thousands of miles together between the two wildernesses. So this is two locations, Great Smoky National Park and the Nantala National Forest. In the summer of 2015, we had made our way over to the Klingman's Dome Observation Tower. From there, we were scoping out some promising areas in the region of the Little River's tributaries. The following weekend, we hiked into the area coming from the Newfound Gap Road in the area of Chimney Tops and immediately found ourselves in the midst of an extremely rigorous hike through the timber. Our plan for the day was to hike until we hit water and then to follow what we had found until we ran out of time. Our typical day hike involves allowing ourselves enough time to get in and out of where we are, including the possibility of one of us turning an ankle or the like, which has actually happened. You don't want to be stuck in the forest at night. Good advice. We were about three hours into the hike when we heard a tremendous crash of a tree falling to a ground to the ground to our southwest. After hearing it, we decided to alter our plan to that of finding the tree that had fallen. So we commenced to hike in that direction. We had walked about another mile when we heard yet a second tree come crashing down, followed by what sounded like a loud conversation in a foreign dialect. Now, you know, Bill, that I am from Russia. To me, it sounded like one of the Siberian dialects of which I do not speak, nor do I understand. Hector and I, being uncertain as to just what we may be walking into, started to move much more slowly and yet nevertheless stayed the course to find those who were talking. After stalking for what must have been another hundred yards, this jabbering conversation was getting ever louder. Suddenly, we saw a huge black creature moving just ahead of us, and the two of us simultaneously dropped to our knees behind some bushes. This beast had walked behind maybe six or seven trees and seemed to be talking as it did so. Then, as quickly as it had appeared, it had moved out of our sight. We were astonished at what we had just seen. It was unmistakably a large bipedal giant covered in brown fur and the size of an ox. I can tell you that it was all of four meters tall and better than a meter in breadth. It had the physique of a massive bodybuilder and we had no desire to know how it was felling trees. For fear of our very lives, Hector and I immediately started to retreat, not knowing how we would be greeted should we be found out by its, this beast and its cohort. 
As we backtracked, we could hear two very distinct voices, one being higher pitched than the other in its tone. They were making so much noise between the speech and the rustling of the timbers that we had no fear of being heard as we retreated from our position. It was obvious to us that they were not expecting any company in these woods and were doing nothing to quiet themselves in any way. Some may say, why didn't you stay to see more and to listen to them? To which I would retort, unless you wanted to die, there would be no reason to stay. We were so frightened by the sight of one monster that we did not need to see a second. All we wanted to do was get away and quickly. In Russia, we have a saying similar to that which I have heard in this country. I will believe it when I see it. Well, that day I had moved from being skeptical about the creature known as Bigfoot to becoming a full-on believer, having now seen one with my very own eyes. Besides the actual sighting, the most amazing aspect was that of the spoken language between them. There was a distinct back and forth, like two old washwomen, going on between them the entire time we were near to them. To date, it was the most incredible event of my lifetime. What do you think of that, Kev? Holy moly. Smart guy, That's right? That's crazy, Bill. <laughs> Smart yeah, physicist, right? Smart guy, though. Unless you want to die, there'd be no reason <laughs> to stay. <laughs> I mean... That's what I've been preaching since we started this podcast. Sounds like a good plan. <laughs> yeah, let's get a little closer and say hi. <laughs> <laughs> Can you admit, I know there was a lot of language in there about all of these uh, locations. And by the way, if any of our listeners, Tennesseans... Uh, know anything about this area? Clingman's Dome observation. I've now. been. What do you mean, the Tennesseans? I've been to Clingman's Dome. Oh, have you? Yeah, I've been <laughs> to Smoky Mountain National Forest and Nantala National Forest. Wow. Yeah. I've been hiking around there. I haven't seen the Russian speaking Bigfoot though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it it just makes you wonder. You know, that whole thing about some saying these creatures migrated uh, over the land bridge before the two continents uh, were separated, you know. Uh, could it be that this is some Yeti uh, that, you know, picked up on some linguistics from that end of the world? Who the heck knows? I mean, it's a really knows? bizarre yeah circumstance you know but it does get to the point bill you know like whether you're a diehard believer or a skeptic if there is a creature uh like bigfoot out there you know there has to be more than one right because they have to breed and that uh you know across whatever environment they're living in or environments they're living in and then they probably have a way of communicating with one another not necessarily a spoken word but some way to communicate yeah, well, you know, uh, you have that fellow that got those recordings many years ago. Uh, his name slips me, but uh, he recorded that chatter uh, outside yeah. of their camp, this back and forth. And it sure, yep. it sure as heck did sound like a little bit of an argument uh, between perhaps, you know, husband and wife or, uh, you know, in our terms. Yep, no uh, doubt about it. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's hard. Look, I even hear the animals in the yard jibber-jabbering back and forth. You know, the raccoons have this little, who knows what they, they get out of that or they glean out of that. But they're definitely, you know, shouting or reprimanding or directing 
uh, otherwise they wouldn't maybe make it. even maybe even talking about you watching them and listening to them. Yeah, get a load of this dope over there. Why don't we go <laughs> bite them? <laughs> what do you say to Whoa, three? <laughs> is that a gun? Is that a gun he's holding? <laughs> what do you say <clears throat> the three of us go up on the deck and bite them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's it, man. That was actually uh, the Great Smoky Sighting. Mm. And, uh, you know, interesting, huh? How the uh, the scientific community is always clamoring for proof and evidence. Yet when you listen to them talk, they take tremendous leaps describing the beginning of the universe and everything, you know? Yep. After the Great Bang, 30 million years later, this happened. Then 80 million years after that, this happened. Where do you get these figures from? And this so I I was going in a different direction, Bill. I I thought it was the start of a good joke, you know, the a <laughs> physicist and a landscaper walk into the forest. Yeah. <laughs> so I says to him, <laughs> <coughs> "Oh boy." Yeah. So that's it, man. A great a great account, and here's another guy from his own lips, skeptical until it happened to me. No doubt about it. Yeah, cool stuff. Yep. All right, well, we got some good listener mail this week, Bill. I mean, we always do, but we Mm -hmm. got some pretty cool stuff to talk about. So um, the first letter comes in, an email comes in from someone named Avid Listener. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah, great name, Avid. (laughs) Avid. All right, so Avid wrote in, and I know you saw this one, Bill, about the tree-shaking drone footage. Yeah. And uh, he writes, Hi, Bill and Kevin, huge fan of your podcast and all things Bigfoot. I came across this tree-shaking drone clip on Instagram and found it fascinating and thought you guys might be interested. And a second second link he's sending, which I'll post on our website, under this episode, episode 122, um, is from a YouTuber that does some uh, amateur analysis on this tree-shaking drone footage. So did you get a chance to see this, Bill? Yeah, no, there was a couple of emails with a couple of clips from that tree-shaking. Yep. Did, did you see the one where, and I, I, to me it sounded like the same guy that narrated that one in Yellowstone where the Bigfoots were sneaking around the snow behind the trees by the buffalo. Oh, yeah. It sounded like that same guy's voice uh, who was narrating, you know, his belief that those were real Bigfoot stalking the buffalo and that this was real Bigfoot shaking these trees. So... I don't know. Let's yeah, I didn't on. make that connection, but I but I get it. Yeah. So and and folks, I'll post this like I said, but it's basically drone footage, very clear from probably uh, two hundred feet above the treetops, maybe three hundred feet above the treetops, and you see, you expect to see, or I expected to see, just a tree shaking a little bit. It's broad daylight, and you see this tree that's probably my guess would be fifty or sixty feet tall, and it's shaking like nobody's business yeah. like not from the wind not from the way you or i could shake it bill i mean a machine uh or some super something with superhuman strength would have to be shaking this and the video goes on for a minute or so and there's no sign of anything around it i mean i did wish <clears throat> you know if it was me flying the drone i would have went in closer for a closer look um and they didn't which makes me a little suspicious of course but from the distance, you know, as this tree is whipping back and forth, making a space in the canopy for you to see around it, I don't see anything there. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying there couldn't be a creature there at the trunk of the tree, tree, but I don't see a piece of heavy equipment there. Yeah. And then they show the tree walking off. Did you see that portion of it? I didn't see that. No. Yeah, what do you mean walking off? Well, like look, it, look at it again when... One of the trees that gets torn down, you see it go kind of marching away into the trees next to it, like 
Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, standing upright, it kind of starts going plowing through the standing trees alongside of it. Like it was oh, being, maybe I did see that because yeah. I thought that was just part of the ridiculous motion of the tree. Yeah, no, it actually <clears throat> moves from where it got taken and goes okay. off like somebody carrying out a giant Christmas tree upright. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, you know, Kev, yeah. and I, I hate to even enter into this because I don't want to become part of the problem. I want to be part of the solution. But the crazy things that people are doing with CG today. Oh, yeah. It's it's really difficult to, uh, without uh, the proper tools and the time to dissect these things. Uh, Fair, yeah. You know, to say, is this legit or not? It's certainly entertaining. <laughs> To watch it, and you don't see a big piece of equipment in there. Uh, there's no room in the picture for a large piece of equipment. Right. And and no equipment with a boom or an arm on it would be thrashing back and forth in the way that thing was. You know, hydraulics don't work no. that way. No, I agree. <clears throat> so uh, Agree 100%. Yeah, but pretty wild. I, I mean, I don't know. It could, it could be CGSI... Uh, could be could be anything really, but pretty interesting. I'll post the uh, video. You take a look at it, folks. Um, it'll be under episode one twenty two, like I mentioned, uh, under episodes on our website, BigfootTerrorInTheWoods dot com. Yeah, I, all I, right, Bill. Kev, oh, knew, go ahead. I knew somebody named Avi once, but this is the first person I've ever met named Avid. I agree with you. Avi, you know, is a very popular Israeli name. By it the is. Way. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, that and Shlomo. Believe it or not, are like John or Joe in uh, in uh, English. So Absolutely, it's very common. Avi, but not Avid. <laughs> maybe it was. Maybe there's a typo. Maybe it was Avi D. Listener. Yeah, that would be more correct. Like Anyways. a middle initial. all right our next letter bill um comes in from uh hal in california and he says dear kevin and bill love your shows and have read volumes one through eight he says your sound system and mixer are great as it sounds like you're both in the same studio and sitting right next to each other my compliments to you kevin on your Great aircraft modeling as your weathering of in your on your planes is outstanding and realistic. Uh-huh. And any so thank you for all those compliments there, Hal. And now Hal moves on to talk about I've spent some time up around Bend, Oregon. And folks, if you don't know where Bend is, it's on the eastern side of the great state of Oregon. Notice how I pronounced it. And uh, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's a very rural place. Of course, Bend is the biggest city in eastern Oregon, to my knowledge. But the, the general area is very rural, just outside of Bend. And um, he says he spent a lot of time up around Bend. And while there, did a lot of exploring of the lava tube caves in that area. And he writes, have you had any hairy man sightings that you know of in Bend, Oregon? And uh, so we'll get back to that in a minute. He says, while in one cave, my wife and I ended up near the back of the cave where the tube narrowed and noticed fresh, large mountain lion tracks going into the back of the cave. While I marveled, yeah, exactly. While I marveled at how clear and crisp the tracks were, my wife slapped me and pointed out that the tracks were going into the cave and there were no tracks coming out of the cave. Smart uh, woman, by the way. Yeah. She, she let me know that the lion was likely in the back of the cave and we had apparently been driving it toward the back of the cave as we were walking through the cave and that it was probably back there waiting for us. Nice. We boogied out of there real quickly. It occurred to me that if these caves can support mountain lions, they certainly could support the hairy man. Hello. Also, as this is a year as there is year-round ice in some of these caves and apparently abundant game in the area, um, there's plenty here to support the uh, 
the hairy man if he were to live here. Mm. Yeah, amazing. And he writes, uh, I used to hope to see squats someday, but after reading Bill's books, I hope I never see one. 97% of the sightings are benign, but the other 3% are terrifying to me. Yeah. I have an aversion to two things. One, peeing in my pants in public. Two, peeing in my pants in private. <laughs> if, if I saw a squatch, I'm sure one or the other would happen. Best regards and keep up the good work. Hal in California. And Hal, to, to, to answer your question, we have heard of some accounts in eastern Oregon for sure. And then there's also been some pretty famous uh, cattle mutilation reports out in eastern Oregon in the Bend area as well. Yeah. Uh, I spoke to Hal, Kev, really nice guy. Oh, cool. And, uh, you know, our listeners, we have a fantastic clan of listeners ever growing. And, you know, uh, Kevin and I tell you all the time, you know, if you've seen something, say something. You can contact us at BigfootTerrorInTheWoods.com. Hit the contact link. Uh, leave a message, say hello, or tell me what you've seen, and I'll get back to you. We can talk about it. You know, Hal, Hal was a really good uh, guy, and a lot of the people I talked to, excellent, excellent people. Yeah, no no doubt about it. And a good sense of humor there, Hal, too, which we appreciate. How about going in this cave, though, Kevin, seeing the prints of the uh, mountain lion? Oh, yeah, not hard to believe at all. Those yeah. mountain lion, they are out there, and they are sneaky critters. Yeah, no doubt about it. Very stealthy. And certainly, why wouldn't a Bigfoot or any creature want to take advantage of instant shelter? Yeah. You know, you want to get in, get warm, lay down. You know, how about our dogs, Kev, when they go to crawl under the bed to lay down? Yep. You know, they didn't create that. They know it's a place. They go in there, and that's a place they feel safe and and, and, and Yeah, it's their, their place. That's they it. They can... Uh, be a little secure in there. Yeah. So why, why would you feel any? a little secure? Sure. Yeah. Definitely, animals would go into lava tubes or cave systems. Sure, no doubt about it. Well, Bill, we have another email that came in. We can't get enough of Andre the Giant and the Six Million Dollar <laughs> Man. I can't get enough of them. But this is this one is great. It talks about more of the history around it. And this is from Rob in Oklahoma. And Rob wrote in, he said, when I was 11 or 12, I loved the $6 million man. Yes, Andre the Giant did indeed play Bigfoot on the show first. In later episodes, Ted Cassidy, who was also Lurch on the Adams Family, played Bigfoot. So they both did play it. And we've uh, we've uh, confirmed that since we first heard about it. But this is a new New fact coming in here, which I hadn't heard about and I have since read about. Mr. Cassidy, a.k.a. Lurch, also played Bigfoot on some crossover episodes of The Bionic Woman. Ah. Not sure why Andre stopped playing the big guy on the show. Maybe he had wrestling commitments. (laughs) (laughs) But get this, Bill. Andre's Bigfoot was an android created by aliens to keep curious folks away from their mountain fortress. So that kind of makes sense because, you know, when and that's in that clip that I posted on our website uh, a couple episodes ago, you see the six million dollar man tearing his arm off (laughs) and sparks fly. Right. Like it's like it's a robot. Yeah. Yeah. But then um, Rob writes that Cassidy's Bigfoot version was the same, except when the aliens left Earth to return home, they left Bigfoot in a cave hooked up to a machine that would change him into a flesh-and-blood creature over time. Somehow, I've long since forgotten the circumstances. Bigfoot was awoken early, and the transformation process was only half complete. So Cassidy's Bigfoot was half machine and half flesh-and-blood. Huh. Yeah. (laughs) And also, supposedly, this creature was in great pain, because it was woken up that way, and it made him run amok, which was where Steve Austin and Jamie Summers, a.k.a. the $6 million man and the bionic woman, came in to save the day. So fantastic background on that. 
Yeah, my question is, why didn't they put a value on the bionic woman? Yeah, I know. It's the, it's the first early days of discrimination between the sexes. <laughs> $6 million man and the bionic woman. The bionic woman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it doesn't make sense. It's a good oh, point. Oh, man. I, you know, it, it, it is crazy, Kev, how out of a simple conversation... <laughs> All of these people uh, are chiming in about Andre the Giant and the Bionic Man, you know. Uh, and now oh, yeah. Ted and the stuff is out there. It's great. Like, you know, the Internet is great for many things. But the fact you can go and watch these episodes in full for free. Yeah. Um, you know, like that one I posted from the NBC.com site of uh, Andre the Giant and... The $6 million man. It's fantastic. Yeah, it is. It is really special, all the stuff you can just run into, you know, and just, like, click on it and be done with it. You know, it is. It is it's, a, it's a remarkable thing. It is. It is. Oh, my goodness. All right, Bill. Well, that's it this week for viewer mail. Listener mail. Sorry, not viewer. Listener. Listener mail. I was got caught up watching these clips on uh, YouTube. I thought, uh, I thought we had viewers for a minute there. Mm-hmm. listeners um but thanks a lot folks thanks for all those five-star reviews too um please give us a five-star review if you haven't given us one one lately or if you've never given us one uh those five-star reviews are virtually the only means we have of attracting new listeners to the podcast and by getting new listeners to the podcast we're able to continuously improve the quality of the podcast and maintain our weekly schedule as well so thank you so much. Yeah, thanks a lot, folks. Uh, it's our pleasure to come to you on a weekly basis. We do our best to put together a quality show each time we come to the plate. And by the way, if you should be like Hal or anyone else wandering around the lava tubes in Oregon, You better remember just one thing, my friends. Always carry more gun than you think you're going to need. Sleep tight.